0: and caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. Hello, hello. For our new listeners, welcome to To Be Honest, and welcome back to our loyal subscribers, and thank you for your support. So now let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish to put your hand on your heart and close your eyes, unless if you are driving or operating heavy machinery. So take a deep breath in. and as you exhale, let your thoughts go. Let your past go. Let your tension and worries go. Now take a moment to plug into the greater energy of the universe. Feel your heart and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light. And know that you are safe, all is well, and so it is. So take another deep breath in and exhale out loud with a sigh and when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. All right. As promised, in this episode, I'm going to continue to explore the symptoms of addiction to love and uh, relationships and also suggestions for change. Now, before I start, I would like to thank those who took the time to email me and give me your positive feedback and support, and some also have uh, very valuable questions, and I promise I will uh, reply them all in the near future, so please be patient. So without further ado, let's get started. One of the most common symptoms is negative caretaking yes, you hear me correctly. Negative caretaking means doing for others what they should be doing for themselves. Giving more than you are receiving and taking on more than your share of the responsibility for the survival of a relationship is just not healthy, particularly in the long run. This can mean taking care of people's material needs, organizing their life, or covering up for them when they do something wrong, or doing their work, finding them a job, making their decisions, and bailing them out of trouble. Now, if you are really honest with yourself, you'll admit that this is not as loving as you made it out to be. For the most part, caretaking that way is an attempt to control the outcome of a relationship by trying to earn or buy, quote unquote, love, affection, loyalty, attention, companionship, so on and so forth. So, in essence, is that if I take care of you, will you love me? Caretaking may be the love addict's way of establishing a dependency situation so their partner is motivated to stay in the relationship. Basically, love addicts behave this way because they feel unlovable or unworthy of attracting and sustaining love by being themselves or by offering their fair share, quote unquote. So for them, this means sacrificing their needs to take care of their partner's needs instead. Now, take note. Negative caretaking is also the love addict's way of trying to control painful feelings uh, because a love addict learns how easy it is to avoid feeling fear, anger, loneliness, or self-pity when they are distracted by the task of meeting other people's needs. Mind you, most love addicts learned this in childhood. They grew up as rescuers in a dysfunctional home where caretaking was their way of trying to control the uncontrollable to numb their pain and validate their self-worth. Okay, so now let me offer you some uh, healthy suggestions. The very first step is to be aware, isn't it? Obviously, you have been doing or having this pattern of negative caretaking. So once you are aware of it, acknowledge your role as a caretaker and look at your hidden motivations for being a caretaker. Write about it, journal it, and remember that suffering and sacrifice do not make someone appreciate you more. If your partner stays with you just because you are willing to take care of them, then you are not in a healthy relationship. Do some thinking and writing about appropriate give and take in the relationship. Now, if you don't know what is appropriate, you could ask someone or read a book, and the best is to seek professional help, of course. Believe that you deserve to be loved without having to earn it. You are worthy of love just the way you are. You don't have to earn it. Believe that you do not have to make someone dependent on you to be in a relationship. If your partner is the right person for you, they will love you for a variety of reasons, including the fact that you provide companionship, sharing love, etc., But this is not the same as taking care of someone so they won't leave you. Also, learn where to draw the line regarding loyalty, meaning internal boundary, know your non-negotiables. And again, if you have not learned the skill of setting boundaries, please seek professional help. Next is to take action by applying what you have learned from this podcast and other resources. Set internal boundary by committing to yourself that you will no longer do for your partner what they should be doing for themselves. Let your partner take on their share of the responsibility for keeping the relationship going. Now, if you are not already in a relationship, My suggestion is that from the very get-go, avoid potential partners who appear to be needy, even if you can identify with them. It is too tempting to become a caretaker to such people. As you are dating someone and getting to know them, look for signs whether they are needy or that they are the kind of person that is looking for a caretaker. So don't give advice or be helpful right away, even if someone shares their problems. Wait and see if that person handles their own life maturely. Keep your praise or stroking at a minimum and see if that person knows how to stroke their own ego. Don't allow your brain to rationalize or make excuses for people who can but won't take care of themselves. Avoid telling yourself these things like, at least this person is not as bad as the last one, or no one is perfect. For caretakers, this can be the beginning of denial. So set your standards for give and take in a relationship prior to falling in love or getting involved with someone. When these standards are not met, be respectful to yourself and walk away. All right, the next symptom is high level of tolerance for suffering in relationships. Now, many love addicts, especially relationship addicts, have a very high tolerance for chronic neglect and abuse. They cannot stand the pain of breaking up, they have separation anxiety or withdrawal. This is sort of like living with a backache to avoid painful surgery. Having suffered a lot as a child when they were powerless to change the situation, somehow suffering has become familiar and therefore comfortable. Here are some healthy suggestions. Again, draw internal boundaries. Do not accept or rationalize abuse. You deserve better. You are worthy of love. Don't settle for neglect as an alternative to ending an addictive relationship. If your partner consistently neglects you, face this and work toward making changes. And look at the possibility that you might have become addicted to the pain next symptom is accepting dishonesty. Now, for the same reasons that love addicts are willing to suffer for love, they are also willing to accept dishonesty in a relationship. Now, take note that dishonesty includes cheating, defrauding, deceiving, lying, and the omission of information crucial to maintaining the integrity of that relationship. So for the love addict, accepting dishonesty is part of a complex denial system, which includes the following. Ignoring obvious inconsistencies in a partner's behavior. Ignoring nonsensical explanations of how a partner spends their time. Ignoring the omission of crucial information ignoring unusual exhibitions of guilt shown through a partner's body language, not asking questions or checking out information even if it sounds fishy, quote-unquote, trying desperately not to be suspicious despite their fears. And guess what? When dishonesty is too obvious to ignore, love addicts defend their partners by telling themselves the following— So my audience, see if you have any of these. He didn't mean to do it. She was desperate. He loved me too much to tell me the truth. He didn't want to hurt my feelings. She won't do it again. I pushed him into doing it. It's my fault. She didn't have a good role model as a child, so she doesn't know any better. He will change. This is the first time she's done this in a long time. All people are a little dishonest. They are only human. I must have heard him wrong. Even when dishonesty is not rationalized, love addicts will do anything to avoid confronting their partner's dishonesty. They will make one or more of the following excuses. "Mm, There is nothing I can do about it. I don't know them well enough to have a confrontation. It is not up to me to point out their character defects. I can't prove it, so why bring it up? They will only deny it like they always do. She might be angry. He might not love me any more. She might leave me. I don't like to fight about these things. I just want to forget the whole thing. Now is not the time. I'll bring it up later. And guess what? Later is never later never comes. Here are some uh, suggestions. Now, if you are in the habit of accepting or ignoring dishonesty as a trade-off for holding on to someone, stop. You must confront your partner. Understand that confronting dishonesty in an ongoing relationship is important But be warned, after years of game playing, your partner may not want to change. So if your partner does agree to change, remember that the habitual liar will not change overnight. Therefore, you must see them really take action before you get your hopes up. The dishonesty must end and they must get some help professional help, of course. And you must also be vigilant and watch out for attempts to slide back into old patterns and love games. Needless to say, avoid relationships that are based on a lie, such as an affair with someone who is married. Again, uphold your internal boundary. Determine early in the relationship whether or not your partner is honest and take a stand on this issue. Don't tell yourself that there are small lies and big lies. Lies are lies. Confront your partner if they lie. And end the relationship quickly if the lies continue. Of course, do not make excuses for dishonesty. Realize that if a person is dishonest, there is very little chance that they will change without a conscious effort. So understand that liars will not change out of love for you. Most of all, be honest yourself and then expect the same from your partner. Okay, the next symptom is being ruled by your libido. If the love addict's fantasy of living happily ever after, quote-unquote, is associated exclusively with attachment and bonding, then they are not necessarily dominated by their sexual needs. As a matter of fact, the love addict will even do without sex rather than give up on a relationship. Indeed, some love addicts stay with partners who ignore them sexually. Now, relationship addicts do this a lot. However, if eroticism is part of the love addict's fantasy, they are apt to, number one, confuse lust with love. Number two, they become blinded by a sexual attraction to someone. And last but not least, they tend to let passion take precedence over other more important aspects of the relationship, such as companionship, commitment, friendship, honesty, loyalty, and open communication, just to name a few. So here are some healthy uh, suggestions for this symptom. It will be a good idea to take the time to evaluate your sexual behavior. Now, don't let passion blind you to other important aspects of the relationship, the ones that I just mentioned earlier. If you are attracted to an unhealthy person, nip this in the bud. Do not spend a lot of time with someone just because they are sexually attractive. Also, make a commitment not to fantasize about this person. To be honest, if you have any of these symptoms, it is high time to get professional help. The next symptom is confusing need with want. Now, because love addicts are hungry for love and acceptance, the reinforcing effects of their addictive relationship become a need, not a want anymore. It becomes a compulsion that cannot be ignored. Therefore, romance, relationships, fantasies are all alive or death matter, not the icing on the cake for a love addict. Healthy suggestions are, number one, sort out your needs from wants and be honest with yourself. Now, if you don't know the difference, do seek help. And suggestion two is to seek professional help. The next symptom is a biggie, the compelling need to control. So once they are in an addictive relationship, love addicts want to make their dreams come true, diminish their fear of loneliness and abandonment, and avoid losing their partner. Well, controlling is how love addicts try to meet their needs. It makes sense, right? If they have a fear of abandonment, then the need is for certainty. And that's what we have been taught. In order to get certainty, we must be in control. Unfortunately, most of the controlling techniques used in addictive relationships are passive-aggressive in nature such as manipulative rather than direct demands for control. This is because the love addict may be using management techniques learned during childhood when they were powerless to exert more direct forms of control. In other words, they are still using their old operating system. And for female love addicts, passive-aggressive controlling techniques are part of their cultural legacy, right? I mean, it's understandable. We are still living in a patriarchy society. Having lived for centuries with the burden of social powerlessness, women have learned how to manipulate as a way of gaining culturally accepted power within a relationship. And guess what? A culturally accepted way to gain some form of power in a relationship is to be a caretaker, hence the negative caretaking. And that is the first symptom that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode actually, there are a few number of controlling techniques that love addicts use. And since we are running out of time, I shall continue a next episode. So stay tuned. And I trust you find this episode informative and helpful. So thank you for listening. Until next week, stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage to make positive changes in your life. So bye for now. You can find this podcast to be honest on Apple Podcast, Spotify and my website www.drbarbaraqiao.com dr b a r b o.com